Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, Creator discusses origins and consequences of arrogance. Now, I can think of a couple other words to start with A, like annoying and aggravating to describe the arrogant. But, you know, we can't make light of this, Carl, because I think that arrogance could be a front and center problem in terms of the whole issue of, of evil. Well, it's certainly an earmark of someone out of divine alignment. And not too many who are just really flaming are on the scene unless they've come to power and then become untouchable, at least for a while. And then they really get out of control. Most people who are arrogant are mildly so. And it might come and go, but it's still an issue for them as well as everyone around them. So understanding more about this puts a window on the human dilemma in a very particular way that's really important. I agree. You ask creator, yourdictionary.com has this as one of its definitions of arrogance. The definition of arrogant is someone who is full of self-worth or self-importance and who tells and shows that they have a feeling of superiority over others. Such individuals seem spoiled by success. Why is this such a common fault? What is Creator's perspective? All right, and this is what I channeled from Creator in response. The fact this is so common is a direct consequence of the difficulty to stay in divine alignment for any length of time. This is due to many factors, some of which are largely beyond human direct control. So you will always be coming from behind, so to speak, and having to go back in and readjust things through some extra means to overcome what seems to be living naturally, but drifting away from the center line and not realizing it before something starts to go wrong and creates a problem. This is like a ship without a rudder that normally once put in a corrected position will keep a vessel going in a desired direction for quite some time before a readjustment might be needed. Humans are volatile and express a wide variety of soul characteristics, some more prominent than others within a given incarnation, and for all varying considerably from time to time during the course of a life. Given the many roles people assume and the many challenges, and given that they start out in a state of ignorance as an infant and must learn everything about what it means to be human as they go along, even though they have done it most likely hundreds of times before. That is quite a handicap right there to prevent reaching anything close to perfection, let alone an ideal happy medium. So the variations from a desirable course of action are greater than ideal and get people into difficulty. The problem with arrogance is staying in alignment with regard to the ego and the great need within for acceptance and for a sense of control over one's destiny. And that implies a perceived need to control others as well. 
the arrogant carry out a kind of propaganda campaign where they feel compelled to broadcast their self-perceived supremacy over others. And that can be quite obnoxious and even self-defeating. At the same time, they wish to secure their dominance. They undermine themselves by rubbing people the wrong way. And this will cause a backlash and perhaps a contest to compete for their influence, their presumed lofty status and power over others, if only in declaring supremacy in a general way without real authority to control others directly. The problem with precision of the guidance is that people are working largely in the dark about who they are, where they come from, and have inner disruption of the workings of the mind. So they are not truly working with their full faculties in communication and alignment with one another. It is much like a car with three cylinders working instead of four. It will be less efficient, less reliable, and take more effort to get somewhere. In the meantime, mistakes will be made through overreaching, through being presumptuous and asserting a false authority based on ego and not reality. And in many cases, uncalled for in a particular setting where the issue at hand is not necessarily choosing who is best and brightest and most competent and most worthy, but simply a group needing to achieve a common goal and not to have a commander with the rest being underlings. That template is another scheme you are all well acquainted with and shaped by with your karma and long history being a victim of a power hierarchy or a participant in its defense. That comes about because you are being controlled by powerful interlopers who value power above all. And those attitudes will be imparted to many they control by mind manipulation. And that injects a kind of poison into the culture that can affect individuals in their own affairs, as well as those they do on behalf of the powers that be. Well, I found it interesting where Creator had said that, you know, the arrogant have a perceived belief in the need to control others. And, of course, you know, that <laughs> makes them overbearing in many cases and obnoxious, actually. And, uh, and that creates a lot of discord. You know, I, I had a, a friend who um, used to do crafts, and she used to tell me just horror stories about the politics of ladies doing their crafts in a, in a tent of the fair. <laughs> but that, that goes to what Creator is saying about, you know, people appointing themselves as commanders where they're not necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, we've all lived through that kind of dynamic at the hands of someone or other. It might be an overbearing teacher when we're little and in school and relatively helpless because we're not sophisticated, we're not mature, we're just finding our way and how to get along in life and vulnerable. But it carries through for some, and they could be a lifelong pain in the neck for many, many people as co-workers or bosses having a subordinate who is unruly and unpredictable because they want to be in charge and they want to exert power and influence over things that's really not their place and not really needed, but they can't help themselves. And yeah, so there are many scenarios where this plays out. 
and the more power they get, the more dangerous they get, the more problems. Indeed, this is the this is the real crux of the issue. Yes, it is. U.S. Creator YourDictionary.com also has this to define arrogance: having excessive pride in oneself, often with contempt for others. From this definition, we can glean that arrogance is not synonymous with pride, but with excessive pride that corrupts the person. Why does excessive pride become a toxic and corrosive influence? What is Crater's perspective? All right, and Crater tells us, in a sense, you are identifying the problem by looking for a cause when the problem and the cause are the same. Arrogance is a temptation of the ego to reach for power and use a self-assessment of superiority as a justification. In a sense, when this results in contempt for others, it is showing great excess of ego that is unbridled. Such individuals feel contempt for others because this is a kind of character flaw. The search for someone to blame is a kind of game people play that serves to consolidate their sense of superiority because that will be validated and proven when the blame for a problem can be pinned on others, making the self more worthy and elevated by comparison. So contempt for others by the arrogant is simply a symptom of the non-alignment that arrogance represents. When someone is bestowing on themselves an undeserved status of privilege and presumed praiseworthy attributes, but they will find not all will agree with their self-assessment. So someone who is acting indifferent or cool towards them, instead of embracing them with worshipful praise, they may perceive as an attack or, at minimum, willful ignorance on the part of others. So the contempt is a judgment that others are unworthy because they are not worshiping at the shrine, so to speak, and praising the arrogant would-be superior individual. This is indeed a prescription for not only friction, but disastrous personal problems in many settings. In any kind of organization or business where groups of people need to work together to accomplish a challenge, while someone might need to be the leader, If it is an arrogant individual, this will likely impede progress because there will be discord and disharmony in the ranks because not all will be equally willing to subsume their personal interests and even self-esteem to be in effect bullied by an arrogant overseer who is quick to find fault with them. And that negative condescending judgment will reduce cooperation and productivity because others will not want to reward an arrogant leader, even if their own success is dependent on the group efforts. I think a key sentence in here is where Creator says, the search for someone to blame is a kind of game people play that serves to consolidate their sense of superiority because that will be validated and proven when the blame for a problem can be pinned on others. So that right there, I think, is an important dynamic. I think there's a feedback loop going on there. And that, you know, I pin the blame on somebody, all the attention goes on them, my problem is resolved, therefore I gain confidence in that coping mechanism. You know, I I get confidence in blaming others to solve my problems. And the more success I have blaming others, even when I kind of know inside that it's really not their fault, but it's an effective strategy, the more I embrace that strategy. And that becomes a slippery slope, a feedback loop that can carry you right on down, I think. 
Well, and it does. I've lived through that kind of environment in the corporate sector where about every five years or so they would bring in some really hotshot, eminent leader, presumed, who would shake things up. And that was part of the intention to kind of keep everyone on their toes. Don't let them get too complacent and think they've got a nice cushy job. Shake it up. Put pressure, maybe get out, get rid of the dead wood and this sort of thing. And sometimes they would misjudge the character of that new presumed honcho. And it would be someone quite arrogant. Maybe not to their overseers, their bosses but to their underlings. Yes. And it was heavily demoralizing to be in that situation and be mistreated and to see others mistreated. So this is is very corrosive and And, and, and a toxic kind of demeanor. And especially being mistreated by somebody who's not living up to their own standards. Yes. The hypocrisy is off the charts with the arrogant. And that is uh, very telling. You ask, creator, the common assumption is that arrogance is really a cover for deep inner insecurity and doubt about one's standing, value, and capabilities. So this implies that not all of the arrogant fully believe their own exaggerated self-appraisal. Are some of the arrogant self-aware of their arrogance while others are genuinely clueless? What can creator tell us? And this is what creator says. We would say that both mechanisms can occur, but both types of individual regardless of their inner motives, are largely clueless and not self-aware about their own behavior and its effects on others, let alone the complications it poses for their own success and happiness. After all, what people do is an inner response to the outer world largely as a means of making one's way, striving for something more, something desirable one does not yet have or wants to have again, like a meal, because they're becoming hungry. And how they go about that will be crucial in governing their success, which may well depend on getting along with the broader community of beings they live with or live among. The art of living is striking the right balance to serve the self while not being a disservice to others or an exploiter to take things undeserved for the self. That is the cardinal sign of an arrogant individual who will often attempt to control things because they know better than others. And that superior attitude will make them impatient in following the leadership of others and will likely lead to resistance or a power grab of some kind to wrest control and continue to take charge of things. So they are done to that person's satisfaction. And this will play out regardless of the consequences in most cases, because the arrogant will not see their own flaws. Regardless of how the arrogance originates and is fueled, such individuals are unaware of how they're perceived because they feel a kind of entitlement. Developing an arrogant demeanor and tone may well be a cover for insecurity, but it is rarely recognized by the individual as an inner weakness. It is simply a kind of spur to encourage exerting excessive power as a way of coping. So their default mode is to not retreat and be passive in the face of inner doubts, but to turn that into a kind of offensive posture 
rather than a defensive one, to be proactive. And this can serve as a convenient distraction. By attacking others, they will divert focus on the arrogant person's motivations, so it creates an automatic zone of safety. Their aggressive tactics, being arrogant, domineering, and an automatic and and controlling, keep others off guard because the focus will always be on them, what they are doing, what might be substandard and needing improvement, and so on. The liability in using arrogance as a compensation for insecurity is because of the destructiveness that results by alienating others, if only with regard to their feelings and opinions of the arrogant would-be leader or controller. It makes no friends and, in effect, condemns that individual with inner weakness who uses arrogance as a shield. The result will be to drive others away and be rejected where it counts the most, in discouraging a willingness to be loving. And love is the one thing everyone needs in abundance to be happy. Well, I think a... um a very key insight here that creator actually mentioned more than once is how unaware the arrogant are in terms of the impact that they're having on others. And they're unaware of the, the thoughts of others and the opinions that others have of them. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of a delusion in a way. Yeah. There's a, a very dramatic and significant insensitivity in these individuals for not being able to see how they're making others squirm, how they're making them feel diminished and insulted and hurt, just hurt. Yeah. Most people know not to hurt other people's feelings. If you've got a criticism, you do it gently. You do it in a kind of objective way to help them, maybe to point out a flaw. You know, there's something hanging from your nose, buddy, you know, but <laughs> the buddy is sort of the antidote. And I'm not trying to criticize. I'm trying to help you out here, friend. Right. You know? So the arrogant have their own way of operating and they isolate themselves. And that's a downward spiral for sure. And I think Creator also mentioned, maybe not directly, but it seems to be implied that if the arrogant do have insecurities, they search outside of themselves for what they think might be the problem. So if they're feeling insecure, they're looking at Carl Mollison as the problem and not themselves, you know. And so they, that that just motivates them to take action that's probably going to be detrimental to their to their perceived problem. Indeed. And it's not me, it's you, because I'm the solution to your problem. I'm arrogant enough to know that. So. Yes, and I've never met an arrogant person who could ever admit a mistake. I don't know if you've ever met one. <laughs> Well, I never admit mistakes because I just don't make them. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm perfect. And no, I'm, that's tongue in cheek, folks. Absolutely. Uh, be sure to check us out at getwisdom.com uh, where you can find loads of perfection, creator's perfection. Well, creator's words in, in many, many variations on many, many topics. You can check out the Get Wisdom database at getwisdom.com slash DB, getwisdom.com slash DB. Check it out. There's a lot there to look at. And we'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're looking at uh, what Creator is telling us about the origins and consequences of arrogance. That's a problem that neither Carl and I are personally familiar with, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, actually, we're very familiar with it. Hopefully, too many people don't think of us in that light, Carl. Well, we we do our best to keep this honest and open and accurate and keep ourselves out of it. And that that uh, we let Creator speak for Creator, and that's the why, that's the reason the show has these lengthy replies. Because we're going to the source, and we know it. Absolutely. You ask Creator, we know that arrogance is a huge problem for beings in the physical, especially when cut off from intuitive feedback from others. But it seems that arrogance is also a problem for light beings, as exemplified by the fall of Lucifer and his cohorts. In the light, it would seem arrogance poses a problem because nothing is hidden. If light beings are aware of the thoughts of those around them, they would know immediately if someone is out of alignment. Can such naked exposure to the assessment of others produce both humbling and incendiary effects? What is Creator's perspective? All right, and Creator tells us, we can tell you that the same issues are present for the light beings as occurs among the physical human community. All are needing to stay in balance, stay in bounds, not exceed their personal authority. And when doing so, ensure it is done with respect and care to not offend or cause harm to others, even though, even through hurt feelings. For the most part, light beings are superb at being model citizens, fitting in among many, many varied soul-based beings and being accepting and allowing at the same time as wanting to pursue a personal agenda and many goals of their own. But it is true that given exquisite ability to sense the thoughts and intentions of others energetically through an intuitive awareness, this heightens both the potential for friction occurring and will challenge the strength, confidence, and maturity of all involved. In a sense, all are members of a fast crowd, so to speak, 
quite savvy, experienced, learned, and capable beings who are old hands at life with an extensive pedigree. Given that beings vary in the mix of characteristics they may express as a dominant feature, this provides a wide array of types of individuals. This adds richness and variety and makes things a fascinating journey because one will encounter most anything. Because people see things through different perspectives based on their own makeup. And given the high intensity and power and reach of the light being, a lot can happen when two light beings bump into one another and have quite divergent views and interests and desires for what might happen. So it is the case that sparks will fly sometimes. But the difference from human culture is that light beings never lose sight of their divine origin and an understanding and appreciation of what divine alignment truly means. So they will naturally rein themselves in, and if not, they will be reined in by the law of karma very quickly. So in a sense, they operate in a realm with a built-in oversight mechanism that will, in the end, keep them in line rather effectively. The punishment will always fit the crime, and the sentencing will be swift, and the punishment meted out immediately. We are using that imagery as something familiar to humans and getting a comeuppance of some kind and having to do a course correction as a result to atone for misdeeds by making up for a transgression and repay a debt to others they have harmed, for example. So in the realm of light beings, mistakes do happen and some of the consequences are extreme. But they are short-lived, and the system will right itself rather quickly, and all will learn a lesson. The light beings are mature enough and in alignment enough to understand that the feedback provides the needed consequence for a wrongdoer to be taught a lesson. And they will have confidence the lesson is being learned and need not get involved personally in a direct confrontation or struggle to control one another. If they notice someone making missteps, they may well engage with them to warn them. But even if the warning's not needed and things get worse, eventually the wrongdoer will be brought to heel and the witnesses not involved directly will be grateful they were not the ones causing the misalignment and will appreciate having learned as well from the incident as an example of what not to do. In effect, light beings teach one another both through successes and failures, and all grow as a result. In the human realm, there are many dead ends, at least within a given lifetime, where people are diminished at the hands of others, and it might become a permanent loss for them without the means of recovery and without anyone learning a useful lesson. In fact, the opposite is likely to happen, that it will darken the thoughts and feelings and beliefs of both victim and perpetrator through misguiding them that life might be hopeless from the perspective of the victim. And for the perpetrator, a misguided embracing of power and control over others in their pursuit of happiness that will only lead to their pain in the long term. I think the most interesting outcome of this uh, channeling is the idea that there can be some uh, contention in heaven, Carl. Well, the goal of the universe is to be self-regulating, but expanding in possibilities. So there's got to be an element of trial and error in that. Because everyone is learning and growing. 
as they proceed and mistakes will happen. Yeah. And that'll rub some the wrong way to some degree. But it's interesting to see that the system works really well because of this rapid feedback. You get it from your peers and you get it from this oversight mechanism, the law of karma. And down here in the physical, we know the law of karma is held in abeyance for a good long while to allow greater freedom without immediate consequences. And that's a learning opportunity that many are abusing and the interlopers are abusing it. And, and this remains to be seen whether it's feasible to widen this further. And this delayed karmic reaction is probably the reason that arrogance is such a problem, to be honest. Indeed, yes. You ask creator, setbacks for the arrogant appear to either induce humility or rage, perhaps even a complex mix of the two. Resulting rage can be targeted at the self, others, or both. What is it about rage that can overwhelm humility and even eventually extinguish it altogether? All right, listen up, my friends. This is a beautiful, beautiful answer. Anger, and especially rage, as an extreme expression of anger, implies a lack of control, a lack of safety, a lack of power. Because rage is an act of desperation when someone feels threatened or treated so unfairly, they take umbrage and indeed are seeking revenge, as though punishing an opponent will restore what was taken from them. That, in fact, can never happen. What is needed is the vibration of love to be reigning supreme in their experiencing of life. When something happens to take that away, to lower that vibration, it will not be restored by harming whoever caused that to happen. A person cannot go to an attacker and take love from them to restore themselves. That is why warfare on any scale is a faulty and destructive notion and not a means to achieve growth or improvement for anything or anyone. Anger that results in the wounding of another does not restore the self. In a sense, when rage becomes the dominant choice in facing difficulty, it is an act of desperation. It is an appeal to baser instinct, as in the fight-or-flight response. In confrontations, it has been said wisely, discretion is the better part of valor. Because going to war may well be foolhardy, and someone in a state of rage will rarely be able to compromise or even stand down to let things cool off and allow a more calm and measured response based on reason and logic as much as emotion. Blind rage can rarely accomplish a good result. Humility is certainly the superior choice, given the constraints of the question. It is certainly the case that a humble response to difficulty will allow a clear-headed approach to be worked out much more readily than rage might allow. A rage-filled person will be very unsuccessful in life because, if nothing else, no one will want to have anything to do with them and they will end up being shunned wherever they go. In contrast, the humble person will not make waves and is easily tolerated everywhere. Keep in mind, we are talking about humility as a kind of demeanor presented to the world. That does not assume or even imply weakness or lack. 
this can confuse people who will underestimate the humble soul, thinking they lack wherewithal and might be a patsy they can take advantage of and control easily or even prey on ruthlessly. A truly humble person can, at the same time, be a tower of strength and a real force to reckon with who may be implacable, impervious to attack, and possessed of tremendous strengths and resourcefulness that will only be displayed when needed for self-defense, but then still in a measured, careful faction to only meet the immediate need for safety and not indulge in an excess retribution. All of this description speaks to the capability of a humble person to command great strength and power at the same time with restraint, discernment, and self-judgment that is tempered by a clear view of reality and an embracing of ethics in alignment with divine principle. Such individuals will be self-correcting, and anything that challenges them will end with their personal growth in taking on the challenge and finding an appropriate solution that brings things back into balance eventually. And all such events leading to devising strategies add to a toolkit for life that make them a true master of their destiny. In contrast, rage is a blunt tool, a broad-based assault that does not inform but rather attack and that will always worsen an imbalance rather than restore it to a state of equanimity. Well, I certainly like the, the sentence, blind rage can rarely accomplish a good result. And I think when we talk about the word rarely, I mean very rarely. <laughs> um, it, it is a blunt tool. and But people seem to, to latch onto it and even laud it more than I'm, than I'm certainly comfortable with. Well, we've all seen people in a state of rage and observed the consequences. And I think most will eventually conclude that person really blew it. They, they went out of control and it worked against them in some way or another. Occasionally, rage makes a point and breaks through a kind of indifference or... Um, hesitance to concede a person's rightful perspective about something. And, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. We know that. So, but rage is typically over the top. Yeah. And that is very dangerous to play as, as a strategy because it will more easily backfire because it's wounding. Yes. And when you want something from someone, don't start out by wounding them first. <laughs> well, I also love the idea, you know, what Creator said about, you know, you're not going to be able to, you know, extract love from an attacker by doing by carrying out revenge. You know, you, you can't go steal the love back from them. They denied you, you know. And I think that's a very profound observation. Yeah, it is very profound, and it's very eloquent. <clears throat> Anger that results in the wounding of another does not restore the self. And this speaks mechanistically to the problem, not just that anger is like a hot coal that you hold and, and it burns you. You know, that's a nice metaphor. 
But this talks of the mechanism involved. What is it that needs to happen? And if you think about it in a general way, when you're treated unfairly, you want fairness. You want to be treated with respect, consideration, common decency, and just be accepted as at least an equal in terms of normal interactions. And that means to be treated in a loving way, with loving kindness, not necessarily love, 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 romantic love or anything like that, but but just just as one person who is worthy of respect and consideration. And so don't act like an oaf and, and someone who's dangerous when you want to get love from others. And this is the mistake of the arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> They're craving love because there's an emptiness inside themselves they need to fill. And they'll never get it by mistreating people. No, it's true. And the other thing I really liked about this channeling was how Creator went basically out of his way to make the statement that humility is the most important, was a very important aspect. And do not assume that it implies weakness or lack. Um, you know, we're talking about rage, but I think that rage is unnecessary, but sternness is not. You know, you have to, you know, you have to, Crater said that you, the, a you humble person can be implacable. You know, and that would seem to be divergent from what a lot of people think humility means. But uh, implacable means unmoved, unmoving. You know, so you can be strong. You have to be strong to be humble in the face of evil. Yes, this is this is something that is worth deep thought because it is the path to divinity to have ego out of the picture, and that leads to humility. And if you interact with Creator as I do, it is amazing at the humility Creator shows again and again and again, oh, and yeah. tolerating goofy questions and <laughs> and all the frustrations and the craziness going on around us here, and and being very steady, very calm, very purposeful, and loving at the same time, even in talking about horrific people and horrific deeds, and infinitely patient. Yes, a creator wants to help them, not to make others vulnerable and perpetuate victimhood and, and people with power over others and so on, but to heal them of the folly can, of trying to be in control in a way that is harmful and crude and cruel, and that'll make a better world. And you can see everything that creators, that Carl's talking about in terms of creator's uh, bedside manner in terms of answering these questions by looking in the Get Wisdom database, Divine Wisdom database, getwisdom.com slash db, getwisdom.com slash db. There's thousands of questions now, over six, what, 7,000? I don't know where it is now, Carl. But uh, check it out, and we'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. 
At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're looking at what Creator shares about the origins and consequences of arrogance. This is more of a diagnostic investigation. It's, it's not so much a lot of advice on the part of creator of how to deal with arrogant people directly, but I think that's an upcoming show, Carl. Yes, what we're, what we're hearing today is the search for enlightenment is really a journey to humility so that we're in balance. And we're in balance in a world with others who are in balance. Absolutely. And arrogance sticks out like a sore thumb. And so we need to learn about it. We learn need to learn where it comes from and what to do about it. Absolutely. You ask creators, stop and think about what you're doing is a common entreaty. It does seem the more arrogant the being, the less of this is taking place internally. What is creator's perspective? All right. Creator tells us. In a sense, this is a predictable outcome of arrogant thinking, that what is being projected by the arrogant individual is more about them and the needs of a situ- than the needs of a situation or circumstance when they're interacting with others. Being arrogant will narrow the perspective and range of choices that can be considered creatively through effective problem solving to get to the root of an issue and propose an appropriate answer. When arrogance is in charge, the the imperative is for the self to prevail against any and all comers, to have one's way, to be in control and in charge and make others do everything to their liking in the way they feel is best simply because it is their way and valued automatically as superior to someone else's perspective. That is a danger and a pitfall faced by all arrogant individuals because their arrogance will keep them constrained and limit their growth in such a way that they are essentially in their quest for power and control and to lord it over others, beginning to whittle away at their own value to the world at large and even themselves. Eventually, they will be reduced in stature and be quite hollow compared to someone who has more self-control and adopts a personal demeanor of humility from the assumption they can always do better and are wanting to strive for excellence. 
the humble will be on the lookout for better and better ideas and choices and are quite willing to borrow from others their good ideas and successful approaches. Whereas the arrogant individual may well be closed to new ideas in seeing others as inferior and inevitably their thoughts and actions. And that is always a loss for the arrogant who presume too much about their ability. The consequence in their feelings and actions will limit their effectiveness, the respect of others, and the cooperation they get and will eventually leave them isolated and vulnerable and easily toppled by someone who has superior merit. That is quite a price to pay for not being able to stop and think about one's actions and what they truly are bringing about. You know, easily toppled by someone who has superior merit. Uh, You know, the arrogant don't like competition. That's my experience with them. (laughs) And if they can't beat the competition directly, there's too much of a temptation on their part to bend the rules, cheat, or even attempt to take out the opponent completely, you know, uh, which is which is hardly playing on a even on a level playing field, and that's one of the reasons why the world is the way it is. It's uh, I think there's a lot of arrogant people out there that are trying to earn but also preserve positions of power they didn't deserve to begin with. Well, as an official old timer, I think of the phrase uh, d- playing dirty pool, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. We certainly see a lot of dirty politics, and there are a lot of arrogant people in politics. And if you look at how they comport themselves, how they conduct their campaigns, even the philosophy of their political parties becomes deeply flawed by this kind of thinking that they need to attack as much as defend their own ideas. And often there's an impoverishment of ideas in, in actuality. And so there's a, they fall back on the coping to be arrogant and attack others and demean others. And it's faulty thinking. And it does rub people the wrong way. But most people are kind of oblivious to the nuances. And so the value in this exercise is really intended to help with the awakening and how to be better, how to do better, and how to live better. You ask, Creator, how can Empowered Prayer Work and the Lightworker Healing Protocol help both others and the self overcome the toxic and corrosive influences of arrogance and assist the individual in seeking and valuing humility rather than seeking and valuing revenge? All right, here's the tutorial. Creator says, the goal of life needs to be striving for excellence through growth and expansion of knowledge, awareness, and skills of all kinds to better things for the individual and those close to them they care about, like a family unit or a group of compatriots in parallel careers within an organization or workplace. The first major source of being out of divine alignment and unbalanced to the degree of developing arrogance, for example, as focused on here, is the influence of interlopers corrupting the being with dark and selfish notions and impulses. This is easily done by possessing spirits who can carry out a propaganda campaign with the deep subconscious mind, encourage all kinds of false notions and the development of negative beliefs about the self and the world. 
they can push a person to be self-important to the extreme of recklessness in writing roughshod over others. The word in common language of being mean-spirited tells you all you need to know about this dynamic. It is very real and very commonplace. Maturity and growth of the soul and the soul extension you consist of as a human being present on the earth is a journey in self-awareness and self-expression as much as anything. Because this is a training ground for you and a proving ground to see how well you can do. Whether you can learn from your mistakes and the mistakes of others, especially without becoming overwhelmed so you hold your own and eventually benefit from all harm that comes your way. That is a tall order for anyone, and most will fail if they are not in divine alignment sufficiently for the task. The second negative influence in this contest between humility and quite negative and destructive personality characteristics like arrogance is the heavy influence of past trauma causing karmic wounds that throw a person out of alignment to make them struggle and sometimes go under if they become too overwhelmed or diminished. Negative karmic wounding of the past, when it is returned to a person in a new incarnation by the law of karma, can interfere with their emotional life, their ability to make consistent, wise choices because they harbor too many negative, self-limiting beliefs such as their worthiness, or in the case of this this discussion, perhaps an overinflated ego, making them arrogant in a bull in a china shop wherever they go. The way to solve this dilemma is through getting divine assistance to heal what is out of alignment and what caused that to happen. That is the most elegant way. You cannot go back into another lifetime and heal what took place and thus remove the negative energetic signature of the trauma from being connected to you in your current life. The divine can do this, but it will only be done at your request. That is the virtue of understanding the detailed workings of the Lightworker Healing Protocol. It has many specific strategies to address all manner of difficulties and karmic liabilities that have mounted over time for everyone to make all walking wounded and less effective. Your first line of defense is prayer. That can work over time to right some of these wrongs, but it is difficult for the divine realm to do its utmost when a prayer is made that is very general, very vague, and very weak in its intentions. The specific strategies for empowering prayer we have given to your channel are just what are needed to give people a good working tool to keep their lives in order and work at the backlog of problems. That backlog and its clearance will be greatly accelerated through applying the Lightworker Healing Protocol because of its reach to work across timelines, going into parallel lives that influence the current life through the looping of time to undo the root cause of things, bringing about unhappiness and physical disarray. The divine can always do much more than you can. When people wonder, where's God? How can God allow the world to be this terrible? Why does it seem like evil is winning? Where is the Almighty in all of this? Did God forget about us? In all such questions, the missing piece is on the human side. 
What are humans actually doing about this seeming disparity? Are they passively waiting for God to fix things? Or are they asking for divine help as a representative of humanity and themselves and for the benefit of their loved ones? How often are they doing it? Do they have enough belief in the divine? The Lightworker Healing Protocol allows even a modest number of human beings to make meaningfully empowered requests for divine assistance for every level of difficulty for all who struggle as an aggregate through the use of strategies to leverage the power put to work and to keep it going in ways that greatly increase the benefits for all. This requires your participation because it is human-guided and driven. The light can only do what you instruct to live within the rules of engagement here that you were created to solve the problem of evil and see to it happening. You will need to partner with us as the engine of healing power, but it is you who must drive the ambulance, collect the suffering and deliver them to the hospital with requests for assistance when they cannot speak for themselves, being unaware of what they face and the risks to them that are gathering strength and threaten their existence. You can be their advocate, but you must choose to act and then do it. You know, I have to reiterate what Creator said here at the first part of this paragraph. The Light Worker Healing Protocol allows even a modest number, a modest number, Carl. We don't need the whole world to be doing the LHP. We need you, the listener, to sign up, do it. Only a few are awake. This is the problem we face, yes. Check out the Guidebooker Healing Protocol. You can download our ebook that describes it in detail. Get it at getwisdom.com slash LHP. That's getwisdom.com slash LHP. That's all we have for this week's Get Wisdom. Thanks, everybody. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week.